Amen. I'd like to make a confession of the word before we get started. If you just repeat this after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Today I'll be taught the word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never, 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 come on, say it like you mean it. I'll never, 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 never be the same in Jesus' name, 2015, 2016, going to be my best year yet. I don't care what the devil says. The devil's a liar and his pants are on fire and the truth is not in him. 2016, if it has to start today, it will be my best year yet. Come on, if you believe that, give Jesus praise in this house. Amen, amen, amen. Let me pray for you today. Father, I thank you today that ears are here to hear and hearts to receive and minds to comprehend. Spirit of God has to say the Word of Truth Family Church. Father, I thank you today that you give us a revelation that there'll be an impartation so we can have a manifestation of every word promised. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. Find three people, give them a high five, and you can be seated. I didn't say talk. I just said three people, high five, and you can be seated. Y'all starting a comment? Hey, man, what you doing after this? We're going to go to lunch? We're going to hook up this afternoon? What's going on? You'll see a movie later? I don't know why they left this order of service up here. You think I'm going to follow that thing? I ain't following that order. <laughs> it's got the time I'm supposed to be done. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Again, so good to be here with you. I'd like to start off today with a joke. Anybody in a mood for a joke? Well, you're going to get it anyways. You come, You leaving? I got a word from the Lord today. You... <laughs> Anybody else want to leave, get up and leave right now, because after that, we're shutting the doors. Amen. Now, if you've got to go to the bathroom or something, I totally understand. <laughs> something else more important than what I'm about to do in here, you've got to go take care of. I love him. Amen. Um, there was this man, he uh, called the church secretary, and uh, she answered the phone, said, hello. And he said, I need to speak to the head hog of the trough. She said, excuse me, there's nobody here by that name. He said, I need to speak to the head hog of the trough. She said, are you referring to our pastor? He said, ma'am, I need to speak to the head hog of the trough. She said, sir, if you're referring to our pastor, we don't refer to him like that around here. He said, well, I was about to make a 5,000 donation to the church. She said, hang on, Porky just walked in. More money, more money, amen. Amen. I have a word from the Lord for the church. I text Pastor Evan early this morning. Uh, i just been away on vacation, so just flew in to Dallas. My family flew on home, but uh, been off on vacation. So uh, the Lord spoke to me and gave me a word for the church, and I released it to Pastor Evan this morning. I text him early this morning, and uh, he confirmed that it was right on time. Amen? And so before I brought it in here, I wanted to release it to him. 
and declare it over him. And I want to declare it over you in Jesus' name. Not too long ago, the Lord was speaking and put upon my heart that I was to declare the month of May to be the month of open doors. That God was going to begin to open doors. And then uh, it led into a series of messages of God then speaking to me recently about that God being a way-making God. Would you turn to somebody and say, He's a way-making God. What, what you got to understand, what I want you to understand is that God doesn't have to come up with a way. God don't have to try to figure out a way. He don't have to think of a way. He's not in heaven trying to, what am I going to do with your situation and your circumstance that you might be facing? Because God is a way maker. In other words, uh, there's three types of people in this world. There's those that stand in the way. There's those that try to find a way. And there's those that make a way. In other words, God is a way-making God. And all through the Bible, we can track His character. We can track how God is, what God does. All through the Bible from the beginning to now. In Isaiah 43 19 says, I will make a way in the wilderness and I'll make a way in the desert. In other words, he's a way-making God. God makes a way in your dry time, in your wilderness time. And which way do I go? What do I do? Uh, Do I take this position? Do I not take this position? Do I get married? Do I not get married? Do Do I move? Do I sell my home? Whatever. Every crossroad, every juncture that we're at in life... God is the way maker. We're not the way maker. If we'll stay in tune with Him and follow what He is saying, follow His lead and His guide at every juncture, at every crossroad, at every time in our life that we're trying to find a way, trying to figure out a way, what am I going to do with this? Turn to God because He is a way making God. Will somebody say God is a way making God? I can't tell you how many times I've been at a crossroad as a pastor and and even before a pastor in trying to serve God. And I've been in the car business my whole life, and that's what I did when I was in Bible school. I can't tell you when the bills were due, and I only got paid by commission. Anybody sell cars here? Anybody sell cars here? Uh, That's what I did for my life, and I only got paid if I sold a car. If I didn't sell a car, I didn't get paid. Couldn't pay the rent. Couldn't pay the bills. And I couldn't tell you, can't tell you how many times at the end of the month I had zero cars out. And I'm like, God, what's going to happen? What am I going to do? And all of a sudden, the way maker shows up and he makes a way. Now, I thought I'd get a better response from you this morning. But let me ask this question. Is there anyone here that can testify that God has made a way in your life? That there's been a time, come on, I need you to stand to your feet and give him some praise and glory. Has God ever made a way where there was no way? Come on. Are you a witness this morning that God is a way making God? Amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. So we've already got the word on the subject. We have a testimonies on the subject that we have 
people here today that have witnessed and just stood and testified as not only is what the Word saying God is, we have those that have encountered and experienced the way maker. Most of us are here today, but if God hadn't made a way for you to be here, you wouldn't be here. I mean, some of your family like, Lord, you went to church? Did the roof fall in? Is the building still standing? But what happened? God made a way. I've looked back in my life and see time and time again how God has made a way. We could see the children of Israel. Uh, Moses trying to lead them and they get there to the crossing over. Next thing you know, um, what are we going to do? Pharaoh and the Egyptian army are right behind him. And God tells Moses, says, Moses, take what you have in your hand and hit the water. Next thing you know, God, the Bible doesn't say that Moses parted the water. I'm just going to preach to you today. Pastor Evans, the teacher, okay? So if you're looking for some points, you're just going to have to catch them. I'm going to give you a point here, a point there, point everywhere. You just figure out, oh, that sounds like a good point. Number one, point. Number two, you just figure out what point you want to take home today, but there will be a point made. (laughs) Moses didn't make a way. God made a way. The Bible says here, Pharaoh and the Egyptian army was on their tail. They could hear the army. Half of, over half of the children of Israel started saying, I think we'd be better off going back to Egypt. Do you know there's sometimes that all of us go through wanting to return or move or change because we're facing an obstacle, a barrier, a decision, or maybe we don't see nothing happening? Might as well tell the truth and shame the devil. Because somehow we forget that God is the same It's almost how we we forget. We start facing another situation, something else, or we're praying for something or believing God for something, or we're not really seeing anything happening right now. It almost seems to be too quiet, too standstill. So sometimes we get guilty of making away ourselves. Maybe we want to move. Maybe we want to change. Maybe we just want a different scenery. Or we just, I don't know. I just don't understand. I'm not growing. I'm not getting it. I'm not receiving anything like I used to. And so, therefore, if we're not careful, we don't quit leaning to the way maker. We start trying to make a way ourselves. And I don't know about you, but every time I made a way for myself, I got myself in some serious trouble. That's my people right there clapping. They'll go, oh, yes, indeed. The rest of you just don't want to say nothing. I ain't admitting to nothing. But here's the thing. I'm a witness today that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Psalms 92, the Bible says in verse 12, I believe, says, those that are planted in the house of the Lord, they will bloom and they will flourish in the courts of our God. In other words, they will be successful. They will exceed. They will excel. They will prosper. There will be a, a produce after what they have done, everything they have sown, everything prayer they've prayed. In other words, those that are planted, they will prosper. They will have success. The only thing he didn't tell us is when. <laughs> 
Sometimes when it ain't happening, we feel like, well, God, what's going on? I thought this was supposed to be happening. Is, is it where I'm at? Is it who I'm married to? Is it my job? Is it my children? I mean, I'll get rid of everybody and everything, Lord. If, 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 if that's your will, just tell me right now, Jesus. I trade them all in like my car. Like maybe I ain't supposed to be driving this. But it's none of it related to those things. Isaiah 55 says, Once my word is sown, God says, it shall not come back to me void. My word will accomplish. It will excel, exceed, and reproduce Wherever I send my word. And Jeremiah chapter 1 says God watches over his word. To perform his word. He ain't watching over you. He ain't watching over me. He's watching over his word. The word is what's going to reproduce. The word is what's going to manifest. And so if I'll get onto the word and stay planted in the house of the Lord and stay committed to the word of God, then that's what schedules me a season. That's what schedules me a harvest. That's where the way maker shows up because he honors his. I could have a dream, a vision and all that's great, but it ain't from God. He doesn't honor that. He didn't say he's going to honor my dream, my plans. He says, his word shall not return to him void, incomplete, unproductive. Now found out in my life personally, his word hovers over my head, around my life, waiting to produce. But it has to find soil. It has to find a place that will receive the word. I'm not going to go there, take too much time, but Mark chapter 4 says that there's first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn of the ear. That the word, the seed produces. The ground yields forth the seed, the harvest. God is a way maker. And the Lord spoke to me that this is, I know it's for someone here today. And I I believe it's for everyone. But I heard the Lord say to me, declare to them, remind them, I am the way maker. And I'm faithful to my word. I'm faithful to my promise. I'm faithful to what I have declared. I'm faithful to what I have said. And my word will never return to me void. But somebody's got to receive it. Somebody's got to believe it. The Bible says in uh, Galatians 6 that it's through faith that the promises are made manifest. It says all the promises of God are received by my faith. So it's by my faith, through my faith, that they're made manifest. So if I'm, if I'm not receiving the word of God, the promise made to me, that it has no ground. Amen. And I've been faced with situations that God, I don't know what we're going to do. Here we are up against a roadblock. And the Bible says God is a way maker. And all of a sudden, next thing I know where I couldn't find a way, figure out a way, the way maker showed up and made a way. All things are possible to the believer. 
Can somebody give a shout to the Lord? Amen. If you're taking notes, write down Luke chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. It says that Jesus said, I'll make the crooked things straight and the rough places level, smooth. See, if we're not careful, we could get sidetracked and discard the word, the truth. Because we start looking at some facts. Maybe the facts, you went to the doctor, the doctor hands you the report and says, well, here's what's going on in your body. Here's what's going on. And you walk out of there and that is the facts. I mean, sure enough, somebody says, well, what'd they say? Well, read right here. It says, I got this, got this, got this, got this going on. I go, oh my Lord, look at there. there. And that is the fact. And that is the fact. But Jesus said that he's the way, the truth, and the life. I said, Jesus said, I am the way. When you can't find no way, find me because I am the way. I'm the way you need. I'm not only just the way, but I'm also the truth. Yeah, you might have some facts and the facts may be bad and they look look negative and it may look like it's about to take you down. But I'm not just the way, I'm the truth and the truth will change those facts. Amen. And he says, I'm the life. He says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. Amen. So we know him as a way maker. We know him as the truth. Jesus said, if you'll know the truth, the truth will set you free. So it doesn't matter what you get bundled up with, boggled up with, of all the facts, all the stuff going on. Get to the truth. The Bible says I've blessed you and making you a blessing. So brother, I may not see the manifestation right now of the blessing of the Lord. I don't discount or disregard his word, his promise. Because the Bible says he's already blessed me. So I don't need to be chasing a blessing. I don't need to be looking for a blessing. I don't need to be praying for a blessing. Oh, Jesus. I need a blessing this morning at church. See, I'm deceived if I'm seeking a blessing. Because I'm already blessed. Hello? I'm already blessed. I may not see the manifestation of it yet, but that doesn't mean I'm not blessed. The Bible says I'm to call those things that are as if they are. That's what should be coming out of my mouth. Somebody says, well, you don't look blessed. (laughs) Girl, please. Hang on just a little while. Yes, indeed. Just stay around long enough to watch and see the testimony of the Lord. You stay faithful long enough. You stay true long enough. You stay planted long enough. The harvest, the breakthrough, the Bible says it cannot return void. So if it can't return void, incomplete, that means it has a sentence by God to reproduce in my life. It's to bloom and it's to prosper. And God watches over His Word to perform it in my life, to make it produce a bud. 
So I don't need to, I don't, I don't need to uproot and move. I don't know if Pastor Eben did this already, but he may have, Pastor Sarah. But do you know we just entered into August? Do y'all know that? And this is the month, the number eight numerically in the Bible. Eight means new beginning. And where most Christians get jacked up and get misled and get just follow false prophets, they go, I need a new beginning. I'm leaving him. I'm leaving her. I'm leaving everybody. I got something new arising. No, no, no. You know what he may be referring to spiritually? Is maybe you've worried long enough. And that new beginning is you're going to draw a line that I ain't worrying this month at all. It's a new beginning. This ain't something I've ever done before. I refuse to worry. So maybe, maybe it's joy. Maybe you've been sad, sorrowful, and you can't find no joy, no pleasure. And instead of, instead of trying to go find something out there and thinking a change is going to bring it to you, why not look at it's the joy of the Lord that is my strength. So maybe I'm going to make a decision this month. A new beginning in me is I'm going to start having his joy. I'm going to start walking in his peace. In John chapter 14, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace, not the peace the world gives you. In this world, you're going to have trouble. You have trials, tribulation, chaos. It's going to be hell on earth. It's going to get rocking. It's going to get crazy. But be of good cheer. I've already overcome it for you. I've deprived it, the Amplified says, for it harming you. So there may be chaos, there may be trials, there may be all kinds of stuff jacked up going on, unfair all around you, but pertaining you, I leave you my peace. Not the peace you get from the world, but my peace. My peace that's there in the middle of a storm. My peace that's a storm stopper. The storm don't control the word. The word controls the storm. I mean, the disciples got all jacked up. They was in the boat with Jesus. Jesus, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Remember that in the Bible? Was asleep. And then the disciples, the disciples. I'm trying to hurry. The disciples, who give me five more minutes? Raise your hand. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Everybody counts. Everybody counts. But here's the thing. Here's Jesus in the boat with the disciples. And it starts storming. All hell breaking loose. I mean, it looks to them like they're going to drown. They're going over. They're not going to make it to the other side. And they have the audacity to go wake Jesus up and accuse him of not caring. You know why we always throw rocks at Jesus, throw rocks at the church, throw rocks at religious people or spiritual people is when we're not, they're not responding the way we think they ought to respond. You're not helping me in the middle of my crisis. I don't care if you're pastor having best friend or not. You need to get back on down to Colleen. No, I come to give you a word. So Jesus got up. And he rebuked the wind. The Bible says he spoke to the wind. He spoke to the waves. Then he said, peace, be still. See, Jesus spoke of who he was. 
And then he says, I give you my peace. And we're out here praying for peace. I just don't got peace right now. What do you mean you don't got it? I got so much going on. So you're letting those feelings control what Jesus gave you. I mean, I did the same thing years ago. I, I got saved at the altar. Preacher said, if you need to get saved, you're not sure you're going to heaven today, and you're going, if you're, you think you're going to go to hell, if you're not absolutely sure you need to raise your hand, my hand went as high as the ceiling. Then you need to get up here, get down to this altar. I got up and I went down to that altar. And then they said, you need to pray this prayer. I prayed that prayer. And back in that day, I was at, if you didn't snot and really cry real hard, they didn't. He ain't saved. That boy ain't saved. You better get some tears going, boy. I need some choking and coughing and spit that devil out. Spit that devil out. You need to get baptized right now, boy. You, somebody bring him something. We got to get him baptized. Pick him up. Get him up over there. Get him up. Boy, stand up. Stand. It's about time for you to get baptized today. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. cough that devil out. Cough that devil out. Then they want me to get filled with the Holy Spirit right It's time for you to get filled, son. Want me to speak in tongues. And they say, now feel him, Lord. And open your mouth, son, and start talking. I'm like, ah. And all of a sudden, he walked up there circling. I went, ah. You got it. You got it. You got it. You got it. He's filled. All the tears and snot on the table was evidence. I've been delivered. I've been saved. Boy, they rushed me right out the back door. I went home. They said, what happened to you? I got saved. But I didn't feel safe. I still had the thoughts. Still had the desires. I woke up on Monday, still want to get high, still want to drink, still want to do those things. Still lying, cheating, cussing, ain't nothing changed. So then the religious people said, you ain't safe. Safe people don't do that. I ain't saved. You said. I went back to church the next Sunday. If you don't think you're going to heaven, if you're worried about going to hell right now, raise that hand. Come to this altar. Boom. I was already crying. <laughs> Give me a Kleenex. I brought my own Kleenex. I was ready for demonstration. Y'all need a show? I'll put a show on. I need salvation. After about seven Sundays, this one old preacher been there a long time. He says, I got this one. He'd been sitting over on the side watching me for seven Sundays in a row. He said, I got him. Y'all pray for them. I'll take care of him. And he took me into a back room. He says, son, I don't know what's been going on. But I've been watching you for seven Sundays and I need to tell you something. The Bible says whoever confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart 
the Lord Jesus, they're saved. For with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And with the heart, I believe unto righteousness. You're saved. And son, you were actually saved the first Sunday. Brother, you did all that demonstration and coughed up devils. I just need you to know. I want, are you serious? <laughs> They're calling me the altar boy. But what happened? I was letting my feelings decide my victory. Decide my eternity. I was letting actions. The Bible says when I become born again, I'm not born again in my head. I'm not born again in my flesh. I'm not born again. No, no, no. I'm still in this body. I'm, Paul said I'm betwixt between two. The thing I don't want to do, I do. And the thing I know I shouldn't do, I do. And all these things, I'm, I'm betwixt because you got to realize it's in here. And if it don't happen in here first, no matter what you perform out here, you just have a ritual of some religious works. But that doesn't get you to heaven. And what's wrong with the church sometimes, some of us, is that we have the form of godliness. But we deny the power thereof. What are you talking about? The Bible says he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far above whatever you can ask him or think about asking him according to the power that works in you. We're here, want God to do exceedingly abundantly. You go, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm working with what I gave you. I'm working with the power that is in you. I'm working with the peace that is in you. You want the storm to stop? Then talk from down here. I've given you the peace to say, peace, be still. I speak to the wind. I speak to the storm. And I command peace in this house. Peace in my life. Peace in my family. Peace in my environment. He's a way maker. Amen. So it doesn't matter my storm, doesn't matter my obstacles. Have you ever been told no? No to your dream? No to what God gave you? 16 years. Now, if anybody's here from my church, do not repeat this. Do not share this. Do not... Some people's moved up here, started coming to church here. Don't, don't, don't send nothing out because I got a testimony to go tell my church when I get home uh, this coming Wednesday night. 16 years we were told no, I'm wrapping up. 16 years we were told no to borrow money in our local city from a, a local bank. 21 no's. Pastor Evans went through similar situations. But we always wanted our local bank to do it because I was raised in business. I was raised in my uh, in the car business. And the thing that any local business would want is to have a local bank to be your business partner, to be the one that believes investing in you. Because if you can have it locally, it, it's, it's a great on your resume to know that you've got a local banker that believes in you to invest in you. It's one of the greatest things. And most churches don't ever get that till years down the road just because uh, local banks don't want to invest in churches because they never want to foreclose on a church because it'll ruin the bank's reputation in the community. What, you foreclose on church? All that money, y'all make it. They don't want that on the newspaper. So you get out-of-state banks that are willing to, to help churches. Well, 
For 16 years, we were told no. Five years ago, we were told no from this bank. I mean, it, it hurt my feelings. I mean, he was rude in my office. No. And I told y'all, and y'all brought me all the way over here to ask me about this. You wanted a meeting about this? No. Absolutely not. There's no way. It had never happened. Six months ago, I got a phone call from this banker. We want to do your loan, and we want to refinance your current loan, and we want to loan you money for your new building. And we want to beat your interest rate. I almost said, the devil is a lie. But anyways, I was like, yes. But anyways, then next thing you know, all the board members of a local bank, uh, most 90% of the time, local banks, the board members are made up of, of wealthy people in the community, set on the board. Well, then they, after they reviewed it, about 60 days ago, he come back and said, you know, everybody's uncomfortable. I thought I was going to be able to make this happen. And God's been having me preach the way maker, and he's an open door God. Next thing I know, I was on vacation this week, and I got my phone rang, and I see it's his number. I didn't want to answer it on vacation because I didn't want no bad news. I only want good news. I said, hello, I'm on vacation. Just wanted you to know. I don't know if you knew about that because I knew you on vacation. thought I'd give you some good news. I said, what's that? He said, Reverend, I want you to know that we'll be glad when you get back to close on refinance your building and save you $15,000 a year on your interest rate and we'll be ready to start construction on your new sanctuary. I wanted to do all that right there. I went, well, thank you. Had to act all business like, well, thank you. That's so nice of you. So as I hung up, I shouted, I danced because God is a way maker. Where man may stand in your way, where man may not understand the way, where man can't figure out what in the world's going on, God will speak to a man. The Bible says favor of the Lord is God raising up somebody to use their power, their influence, and their ability to help you and your destiny. All right, I got to stop. Write this scripture down. I'm going to talk more about it in the next service, and you can get the tape. Revelations chapter 3, verse 8. Scripture says, I see what you have done. Now see what I have done. This is Jesus talking. If you're uh, looking in your Bible, it's written in red. Somebody say, Jesus is talking to us. I'm just a messenger. Look what he said. He says, I see what you've done. And he goes, now I want you to pay attention to what I've done. I have opened a door before you. That no man can shut. That's some shouting ground right there. Another translation says, I believe it's in the Amplified. It says, I've opened a huge wide door. That no man can shut. I don't know who it's for today. But if God is saying, I've opened a wide door that no one could shut. No one could shut. As I shut down, the doors you came in today take you into things. And anytime you're going into something that God has, It's going to take double doors. It's going to take a wide door.
where God's taken you. If we go out here where I came in, I came in an exit door. And nine times out of a ten, an exit door is a single door. Anytime you need to make an exit, you just need a small door. But when God's about to take you where He's taking you, what He's about to open up, the blessing is so big, the favor is so huge. The turnaround, the victories are so amazing. God says, i got to have a wide door. This thing is double bonus, double big, and it's so wide what i got ahead of you. Where we miss it sometime is once we leave August, we enter September, October, November, and those are harvest season months. And where the body of Christ misses it every year at this time is right before harvest. We think about uprooting. We get tricked by the enemy to move. If you know anything about planting and anything that's been planting, planted, anytime you move it, you destroy roots. Yes, there's some roots and it can grow again, but it won't be as strong until it reestablishes those roots again and the roots get long because what keeps an oak tree up is the length and the depths of those roots. And if it's in a new area that's been recently planted, the root system is not good so the wind and the waves and the storms could come and knock that thing down and knock it over because it takes a while for the roots to get reestablished. A new beginning may not mean that you need to change relationships, change environment, change people, change places. It may need you start believing God bigger than you've done before. It may mean that you're going to start saying, this is the joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. This joy that I have, it gives me strength. It causes me to always rise up, always to endure, always to overcome. i got the peace of the Lord in me. I'm not blaming God. I'm not blaming people. I'm not blaming my surroundings because I'm a storm stopper. And the peace i got in me, it'll stop every storm, every chaos, all hell breaking loose because peace is with me. i got the Prince of Peace. Would you stand with me this morning? Is this for anybody here today? If it is, would you raise your hand? Keep your hands up. God, as I prophesied to Pastor Edmund and Pastor Sarah and the Connor family today, as I text him this morning and I now speak to Word of Truth Church, to this body, this house, there's a wide door. Jesus says, I'm opening. I see what you've done. What I love about Jesus, he says, listen, quit looking at what you've done. Quit giving too much glory to what you've done. Jesus said, I need you to look what I've done. What you've done is good, but you need to get your eyes off what you've done and start paying attention to what I've done. In other words, it's not something I'm going to do. I've already opened a door for you.
And nobody will ever be able to shut the door. I know sometimes friends close doors, people close doors, relationships close doors on you. But Jesus said, I will never let this door I open. Sometimes we got to search if that door got closed. Was it his door? Or was it your door? Pray this out loud with me. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me. Wash me. Cleanse me. I make you the Lord of my life. I receive everything that you've done for me. Thank you for saving me, healing me, delivering me. And I declare today, in this month of August, 2016, my best days are ahead of me. I declare right now that I step across the line and I'm starting something new. If it's been in my faith, I'm going to believe better. Wherever it's been, Lord, I'm going to do it bigger and better than I've done before. It's a new season. It's a new day. I feel a fresh anointing on me today. Friend, right now, if you prayed that prayer to receive Jesus Christ in your heart today, you're saved. Feelings will show up later. you got to take him at his word that you are saved right now. Now you just got to renew your mind. If you rededicated today, whatever it was, if you're not a member of this church, I declare that you get planted. Because a tree cannot grow if it's not planted.